killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside Well somehow it's we've got like a couple days left in the month And we have not yet done this franchise this month's franchise episode so mm-hmm. we're gonna have to release this as a bonus episode Oops. on like the second last day of this month of may yeah um i'm fine with that cool what's our franchise this month uh our franchise this month oh my god i'm so excited leprechaun no oh. I can see why you'd get confused because Leprechaun is our March franchise and they both start, the months both start with M&A. Oh, right. Of course. That must have been what you were thinking of. It's going to be Friday the 13th. Nope. Uh, Nope. That one's going to transcend months and I think we're just going to pop them on Friday, the actual Friday the 13th. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But you know what? It's similar to Friday the 13th in a similar (laughs) kind of genre. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Friday the 13th. Really? I haven't seen it lately agreed also i not have yeah and i'm sure like obviously it's one of the biggest franchises i think there's like uh 10 of them 10 movies yeah but it almost seems like it's when i reflect back and again i haven't seen it in like 15 years but when i reflect back on it it almost seems like just body count for body count's sake like it doesn't seem like there's as much like there's okay a little bit of this whole camp story in the background with him and his mom but i think about movies like uh, nightmare on elm street and halloween and i feel like there's much more aesthetic value a lot more interesting plot that's happening sure i i, c- I could agree with that um i just hinted what we're doing yeah uh, a little bit oh a little bit you did didn't you we are doing actually nightmare on elm street nightmare on elm street um, i to defend um friday the 13th and i think you're totally right because like something that i think both of us really love about horror is like when it it, it gets on your skin a little bit more than just like hits you with a mallet over the head right mm-hmm. um but like jason as like a uh, a bad guy or a, a horror bad guy, he's like the terminator of you know horror mon- like supernatural villains yeah because he's just he's a move a forward moving you know just like get you yeah like that that's kind of how i feel about like, but, the Terminators. but so is michael myers right that's like true. they're both big towering figures and i like i like um the soundtrack and the score and the aesthetic that Michael Myers has usually around him more than I do with Jason. Even though something about the Michael Myers mask. This is an interesting is, yeah. classic yeah. debate, this right? This is really cool, yeah. And I don't think it's for horror fans, it's an either or. Like, it doesn't seem like a very no. campy, and by campy, I mean a clan-based um, fan base, you know, where you have to choose one or the other. It's not like a Jacob Edwards no. situation. No, I no. think people people just genuinely love horror, and they love both those And movies. they tend to love them both in, like, tandem, like, yeah. specifically, like, Freddy and Jason. Right. Know? right uh, nightmare and friday like they're they just seem to go hand in hand because i think they're like two sides to the same coin and they're all like in the same five-year period that they all debuted yeah 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 i i personally um just like how you started this conversation i love the very simple-minded very straightforward just just like we were talking about with strangers just like the bare bones the skeleton the scaffolding of a story yeah um the scaffolding of a of a bad enemy dude like yeah. i like that it's so simple so easy to understand he's just chopping you with in friday machete. yeah yeah i would have assumed that you would like halloween even more for those reasons because halloween's even more stripped down and simplistic right it's just yeah michael My- I, michael myers versus jamie lee curtis i well um i think another component and i feel like we're putting together like dossiers of ourselves like what we enjoy about horror <laughs> is like really coming out right uh, not just right now but over these what episode is this 31 it is but but i mean the problem uh, is these things change and then sure. year to year as our podcast goes on our taste might change yeah but um where i was about to go with that is the the dossier i'm setting up for myself is i love um the enduring legacy of jason mm. more you know i love where he goes and like the um he goes to space he goes, he goes to fucking space <laughs> it like it's, that almost in itself means like signals that the friday the 13th franchise has kind of become unhinged and like yeah. ridiculous yep whereas halloween even so the first halloween movie i think i saw was halloween h2o which <laughs> with like um michelle williams josh hardnett who else is in that one amazing but i loved it i loved that one and that made really? me go back before the original and that's a very different one <laughs> yes, that's like is. such a teen slasher and i guess the original is still technically a teen slasher but it feels aesthetically like it's so much more than that it's got this amazing soundtrack it's got this these awesome images of this desolate street right mm-hmm. and this slow creeping menacing figure oh man it's god i wish i had more like a more recent 
viewing of these things because I feel like um, specifically for today for Nightmare, yeah, and maybe like the first of all of these these series that we're talking about, it's been years and I don't really know what I, you, yeah I, I don't know how it ends I don't know what exactly happens no I'm I'm the same way I, my memory of all of these is is very loose at best but if I have to go with my instinct and I reflect on all three of these Nightmare is my favorite by far yeah. Yeah, I fucking love it. I love the surrealism. I love the, the idea of going into dream logic. I love the character Freddy. He's fucking oh, nuts. Yeah, geez. So the fact that you, when you're watching as a viewer, you never know when they're slipping into the dream world and when they're still awake. All these elements, um, at least when I was younger, made Nightmare on Elm Street my favorite above all the other ones. So it'll be interesting to see how that holds up when yeah. we watch rewatch all these. We're going to watch Halloween and I think Friday the 13th this fall at some point. I. Yeah, I really, I think that now my more like modern tastes are really going to prefer that sort of dream logic like you're talking about. That's going to be mm. more compelling to me than yeah. this forward moving monster. Yeah, one of my favorite things about horror movies is just having, and this is why I love, responded so well to Suspiria, is just having this kind of real surreally, you know, crazy images. There's literally anything can happen. And knowing yeah. that, like there's no, there's no, um, there's no like chains of realism that are holding it back. And yeah. as a viewer, like, anything like the, the walls can fall in you can get sucked into a bed yeah you're <laughs> right um how did you feel about the um uh the rick and morty parody of nightmare on elm street yeah. oh with that dude oh, I can, it's I can like really... well it's an inception it's an inception parody but they the main uh, character the main villain is um yeah someone knife. and he keeps saying bitch over and over again that's yeah. his punchline yeah, yeah yeah he's got like knife hands it's not my favorite rick and morty episode but i appreciate that they're uh, giving freddy krueger a little shout out it's it, they make fun of horror pretty well in that episode right he keeps saying you can't run and you can't hide i don't know like is he the guy we should be listening to <laughs> <laughs> so they try it and it works <laughs> Oh, uh, that's so good. Um, yeah, that, even that being said, I ha- I don't think I've seen, like, I'm pretty sure I've seen this first one many times, but I don't think I've seen a lot of the sequels to Nightmare on Elm Street. And mm. I certainly haven't seen um, New Nightmare, which is that one that goes meta that I've keep hinting at because I'm really excited to watch that one. Um, interestingly, that's the only other one that Wes Craven directed. He he did that one? He did the New oh Nightmare Oh my God, one. I didn't know that. He did it and he's in it because okay. he's talking about, like in the movie, it's almost like documentary I format. I know about it because like, I wasn't like, I'm not a huge Nightmare guy. I never have been. So. Okay, yeah, yeah. That, I think that one's going to blow our minds. I um, think so. That one and also Dream Warriors number three is supposed to be really good. There's all these like later franchise ones that of all these different series, Poltergeist 3 is supposed to be really good. That makes me excited to do franchises and get yeah. to those installments. Exorcist 3, people seem to like a lot of. Interestingly, yeah, the sequels, that, yeah. the second chapter in a lot of these franchises aren't as good as the third one seems to be, if there's any kind of a trend. Yeah. Maybe I, the second Friday the 13th is good. I feel like I've heard I've heard that. But maybe that's a, that's got to be pretty common. And things that go three or more, like one often has to just be self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. And then two is basically opening up forever. Yeah. Right? They have to present a whole bunch of rules that justify more than one movie. Everything plus two, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a common thing in, in games as well. As like right. A lot of times in trilogies, the sequel is like, boo, but it's setting stuff up and introducing new things. I feel like Saw yeah. does that par excellence, right? Yeah, Like sure. you set up the stakes of, okay, there'll be a bunch of traps, a bunch of different people. Yeah, and Saw 2, you're right. It, it doesn't hit you the same way as the first one, but like... Mm-hmm. It's really good, but also like it's hard to receive it quite as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Wes, Wes Craven. So, I mean, his biggest ones, Hills Have Eyes is before it. This one, um, Last House on the Left was his big debut, which I've never seen the original of. I saw the remake. I saw the remake and I haven't seen the original. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought I was hoping I wouldn't have to is... say that alone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're together. Yeah. I'm with you on this. Um, and there are a lot of things about the remake I did like, even though it's a very hard movie to watch. Yeah. It's like just in terms of I didn't totally get didn't it, really care no, for it. No, I did. I did like it a lot, and the performances are incredible. I mean, it's Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. So good. It's Timothy Oliphant, I think, as the older one. No, no, not Timothy. Oliphant. You're wrong. I think you've said him twice. Like you've guessed I've, him as being that people easily? twice. Yeah, it, but it's someone. It might be him. And Ricky Ricky Lindholm is in that too. Because, but I mean, it's just kind of brutal to watch yeah. to get through. But I do. I, there are a lot of things that I really liked about it. Um, then also people under the stairs, which I haven't seen since I was really young scream, of course, scream. Um, Classic. yeah, there was one recent one that he likes the meta stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, he, so his, his first time going back to nightmare on Elm street was doing like a meta Crazy nightmare meta. movie. And then five years after that, he did scream. So he really likes commenting on the genre itself because yeah. he's been part of it for decades and decades. Um, wow. one of the more recent ones that wasn't 
as much of a slasher was it was called my soul to take did you see that one no it was like it kind of flew under the radar it was i think 2008 or 9 or 10 but i did remember liking it at the time yeah i have not seen it i feel like i've seen again in my list of of search things but i haven't sat down and watch it i mean I'm, I'm hesitant to fully recommend it because i could be way wrong on it but i remember really enjoying it and remember being like you know what that wasn't i think because i went and expecting it to be just an average run-of-the-mill bad studio slasher sure. and it ended up having some really cool elements that i liked yeah probably if you like went and started like researching it and watched the trailer and just like read the wikipedia page or some of it you'd be like oh yeah and then you'd be more confident about the right it could be yeah, yeah yeah it just is one it's one of those that looked like a really bad big studio horror film yeah but ended up being better than that so that's that's what it was satisfying to watch i remember well that's our bread and butter yeah exactly uh and he has west craven has these other ones that i've never heard of but i will we will have to check them out at some point maybe not for the podcast but ones that were probably terrible and hence have disappeared have you heard of um swamp thing or deadly blessing or shocker i think a lot of people have heard of swamp thing have they seen it are you thinking of creature from the black lagoon no swamp thing swamp thing specifically yeah yeah cool yeah i think that's a that's a title people know Oh. Um, no, I haven't seen it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen any of those amazing sounding. Yeah. So, I mean, with, with people like Wes Craven, who usually seem to get a lot of creative control over their projects, you're going to have hits and you're going to have misses. So that's mm-hmm. the benefit of giving a writer director full control is sometimes yeah. they're going to have great results and other times not so great. Um, but I am curious to check out the ones that weren't as big hits. Absolutely. Yeah. Every like every time we watch one of these like really good movies, it makes me want to just watch their whole back four catalog. Or five others yeah. by them. Yeah. Um I really have that with um uh Cronenberg. Oh, totally. I just wanna I wanna see everything. Yeah. You should start with Existence. Yeah. I know. Just out of the ones that I've that I have seen by Cronenberg. And I've I've seen over half of them, and I think that's the one that you will respond to the most. Okay. Yeah. That'll probably be the one that I watch. I wanna also see Dead Ringers at some point. Haven't seen that. But the twin twin gynecologists, both played by Jeremy Irons. I have seen it. You have? Yeah. Do you like it? Yes. Okay. Do you think I'd like it? Yes. Okay. That's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you remember who's in this first nightmare on Elm Street? Um, I know, uh, just because I know, I know this is Johnny Depp's first yeah, baby. screen performance. Um, you remember what happens to him? No. Okay, cool. That's going to be great. <laughs> great, great. Um, yeah. Another thing I found out when just looking up for this today is that um, the idea for this came to Wes Craven based on articles in the LA Times. Oh, I thought you were going to say 80s. in a dream where he was threatened by his former janitor that he himself accidentally <laughs> pushed into a fire. Um, articles in the LA Times about South Asian refugees fleeing war and genocide in Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia during you know late 70s war in Vietnam and extended yeah. areas and how some of these refugees who had come to America had such severe PTSD that they refused to sleep, that sleep was so terrifying for them wow. that this they couldn't even, so they would just have this exhaustion from not wanting to go to sleep. Wow. So reading these articles about these horrible things that happened to people inspired him and gave him this idea for, wow, yeah, a, re, a, a different more, like a different other sinister reason why Dude. you wouldn't be able to sleep. Ah, that's, I know it's, it's sad and it's yeah, sad and like, like that's the like allegory stuff we were talking about. Yeah. Like he, you love those multi-layered. I do, know. and I I do think in this case he's not trying I don't to think like saying anything about no. It. He's it's not trying to connect it and say something about um what war does, but it's it's an an interesting inspiration. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fascinating. That's that's the best when shit is ba- built on something that is in real life. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and I mean one piece of advice that I see come up frequently in terms of writing horror is just start with well, what scares you, or what do you know scares others? Like just start start at that. Yep. Start at true terror, and that's going to do better than almost like any other starting point. Definitely, hundred percent. That's yeah. that's the exact right exact right attitude. Is <laughs> horror should kind of start with a scare, you know, at the very bottom of it. Yeah, if you're telling a great story, you know, along the way perfect bang on that was probably a horrible sound for the microphone but uh i love it um let's say we get this started um so by that do you mean you want to um have a beer and watch a movie i do cheers welcome back everyone from the chainsaw noise <laughs> and the score of don't breathe <laughs> <laughs> right a two-second clip of the score from don't breathe they don't know that but now they do now you do scared of cats that was nightmare on elm street oh man that was a lot of fun a i'm lot wearing of fun i'm seeing myself in the mirror right now and i've got, You've got the striped <laughs> i got a striped, a striped sweater it's on not right red now. and 
dark green. Is it, that the Freddy colors? Yeah, yeah, red and green. This yeah. is this you got is a blue, blue and, and white patently, but it's yeah. the same thickness as the stripes on Freddy Krueger's shirt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I knew that going in today. That's one hell of a wrap up, right? I mean, like we get yeah. the end of the narrative, everything concluded in like forty five seconds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they really and like it, it layers it with this different like color, like lighting and fog look. And yeah, like here's wrapping it what up. What the fuck? That's a weird ass ending, man. I mean, yeah. she's all of a sudden like, wait a minute. If I know you're a dream, it's all good. You don't have my energy anymore. And Freddy's like, no. Yeah. And then boom, go out the door. And then the fake out of like, oh, he's taking him away in the car and the mom gets killed. And I, I don't know. So, it seems like a mess of an end. Yeah. I'm not totally certain if it was what we're supposed to see is that everyone's actually alive and it was all a dream at the end. And but Freddy's still a threat or everyone is dead. Everyone is dead and they're all in the same and sort no of nightmarish afterlife. But yeah. That's that's kind of what I think. It, is le- that, like, it leaves at the me end, with a weird, mo- like, wait a second. <laughs> it, I, it leaves me with that because I'm just not sure of, like, the 80s. I'm not sure how intentional they were with their storytelling. Yeah. But um, I get the feeling like they're all dead and Freddy got it. Like, that fake out at the end, mm-hmm. or that's what it was. Like, I'm not giving you any more power. Right. And then he just... And, and, like, I get what he's doing. I think he does it better in Scream and other slashers that came out in the late 90s do that similar thing where you think it's all good, there's all peace, and everything's fine, and then just a last minute, like, haha, fuck you, the killer's still yeah. out there, still got you. I can see what they're doing, but it was almost thrown at you too quick at that last moment, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I love the subtlety of the striped um, Corvette roof oh that's kind of lifting over top. so good. But they, I think it could have been delivered maybe a little bit better. It just happened so quickly. Yeah. 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 And it just, you don't know exactly what to think about who's alive and who isn't. And yeah. 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 Man. So yeah, I'm, I I guess it has been a long time since I've seen the movie because I forgot a lot about yeah. it. A lot of sequences. Was like a lot watching of, a new movie for me. A lot of awesome moments. Interestingly, the moment that, like, I totally forgot the one moment that you said you remembered when we were watching it when he's over the bed and pushing through the sheet. Yeah. That's beautiful. That is one of, like, I remember seeing, I've seen that a million times. I'm like, okay, that's just a Nightmare on Elm Street thing. And, right. You know, I, I didn't think much about it, but actually seeing it play out on, like you commented right when we started watching, is like, it's amazing to, like, get these 1080p quality, oh, like, yeah, uh, classic movies. We don't have to watch it on a tube screen we get to watch it on blu-ray quality restored you know yeah and i assume remastered as well i think a lot of those often, effects often. like when the body bag is being dragged across the class uh, across the hallway in the high school oh which is God. an amazing sequence that was so good but even like i feel like perhaps with the blu-ray remaster or the dvd remaster they can touch it up and make it look even better touches you know? sounds most like what we're looking at something is touched up yeah because yeah, yeah. i mean fishing wire maybe won't show up on something like a tube screen or even 35 millimeter on the big screen but on blu-ray we'd see it in a second so yeah. i feel like when they're restoring these movies they also can throw a bit of money in post-production and make yeah. it look even better because yeah. it, it looked beautiful yeah, it did. It really did. I said that like probably like 15 minutes into the movie. I'm like, this is fucking amazing. It just looks so good. All the different mm-hmm. like colors and, and shots. It's so fun. Colors and shots. But no. <laughs> yeah, no. like, God, it's gorgeous to look at. Like, yeah, um, it, it's not it doesn't suffer from the typical like over dark um, that a lot of like especially old horror movies can suffer from. Like you can't make out what you're looking at because it's too dark. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it, it's all quite clear. And I, I mean, some shots almost could be lifted from Scream. Like the way that he sure. shoots a house from the outside, yeah. the way that it's lit is exactly the same way he does in Scream. The particular angles that he shows um, in classrooms, like kids sitting in a classroom and one kid freaking out. There are just so many scenes that are almost identical Dude, yeah. from those two movies. <laughs> like you're totally the right. whole idea of the boyfriend sneaking in through the window. I mean, this is obviously that, just yeah. a common trope, yeah. but Wes Craven captures them both, that's both also, in similar ways. That's like the decade of the 80s. Yeah. It's like that's how the and, boyfriend not, and 90s because yeah. yeah, it sure, carries sure. into Scream 2. Yeah. But, or Scream as well and Scream 2. But yeah, those shots are so, like it reminded me of Scream so much watching it this time mm, yeah. yeah oh man i i really really enjoyed i loved how it started like i did not remember that it just opened with this like really really um industrial looking him baking the knife hand gauntlet glove thing i don't know yeah what to call just it. quick sequence of he's him just put, making it, putting it together yeah, yeah he just shows the like him testing out the joint to see if the finger bends right right <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like that was awesome. Yeah. Really close to the camera, really like, yeah, yeah. And that's what's unique about this franchise, at least in how it's set up in this first one. I don't know how where it goes from here. We'll find out though. It's truly an evil force, right? It's this it's this truly horrible person who um has killed 20 kids, the mom mm-hmm. says, 
And then the parents take it into their own hand to take control of the situation. Yeah, she said something like, um, the lawyers got fat, the judge got famous. Um, and he got off. And he, yeah, he yeah. slipped through the cracks or something like that. He got free. So then yeah. the parents take it in their own hands to try to Vigilante enact justice. justice. Yeah. Yeah. And, they burn and as a up. result, he comes back for their kids to do his signature stuff. But... In, in their dreams. Yeah. In their uh, dreams. But even that opening sequence, we're to assume that it's before the fire, that it's this horrible Freddy Krueger person in real life that's making this masking. Because we see fingers and we see a real human hand. Mm-hmm. So he's making this knife device just yeah. before even he's burned alive. He, he just wants to kill kids with this I thing. I guess that's what he used. Well, yeah, because uh, she had his gauntlet, right? She had it. She had it from afterwards. After, from after, yeah. yes. And after he, they burned him, she kept that so thing. So he was clearly using that as an alive, normal human to murder yeah, kids. Yeah, it's horrible. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. But I mean, I I really, viewing this movie in 2017, it was, it's, I think it, it's very, it like it translates over um, as social allegory in an incredible way in that kids are the ones who have to deal with the consequences of the shit that their parents did. Oh, there you go, And Chris. We're living at a time now or whatever where, you know, millennials kind of get blamed for things like their laziness or whatever when mm. we're in, when largely millennials are inheriting this economy from their parents. Exactly. This, there's room in Texas, in in tech, in Nightmare on Elm Street. Nice. <laughs> nice save. There's room in Nightmare on Elm Street, I think, for, like, I know a revival was done in 2010 or 2012 or something like that, but I would love to extend it into that, like, just to talk about our current political, economical, social situation. I think I think Nightmare can serve well as a yeah. vehicle for that. And it just, like, it seems like what could be cool about that is every, like, addition to the series can compound on that, like, problem, you know? It's, it really can, yeah. They can really, really push that allegory far. Dude, that is a good connection. I didn't make that at all. Yeah, That's kids exactly facing the right. consequences of their parents' actions. That's yeah. really the underlying kind well, of thing. I I knew that from like a Wikipedia description, but like they didn't like I don't know. They didn't give it a lot of screen time in this movie, or we talked over it. Whatever, whatever it was. Like um, I knew that it, it was because of the parents, but like that happened in one scene, and like I guess yeah, he comes back and he kills the mom pretty nastily with. He jumps on her on fire and then she disappears into the bed as like a burned up corpse. Yeah, that's pretty jumps bad. On the corpse and then pulls her through the door window at the end in that yeah. final sequence. Yeah. Which is kind of comical. Just like the, the that, body just shoots perpendicular, flies the, through the yeah. hole. And and that was, yeah, this like after dream. So like, I guess what happens is she defeats in this final big like climactic sequence. She defeats Freddy. By bringing, by bringing him into him the oh, first she by brings him, him into, into the, the real world yeah I, I suppose that's yeah she brings him into the real world and she burns him up and by has, merely physically touching him while being awoken that's right, how she brought yeah. the hat back and that's how she brings freddie back and like a piece of fencing with rose vines on it like that was on her when she was in the bed she threw that off her yeah so yeah just yeah. all the stuff that was on her at that moment um and so she burns him up and he r- immediately like runs up the stairs on fire to the <laughs> mom's bedroom to like enact this final little like fuck you yeah and I'm he, taking her down with me. And I mean, in essence, basically the um the daughter, God, what's her name? No idea. I know Tina was the first one to go. Tina, yeah, and then it's damn it, it was on screen in the credits. We should have just left that up. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but she um basically reenacts what her mom and other parents did by burning them. Yeah. You know? So she's just like sort of um I don't know restarted the whole sequence again because he runs up and he gets his revenge on her mom yeah right and she's gone yeah why does why does she think burning him alive again is gonna i mean they burned him alive the first time why would that do it a second time well because she's bringing him into like the real world i guess she thought like okay well yeah she was but she said pretty clearly like her initial plan was to bring him into the real world and she was just gonna have glenn (laughs) johnny depp just bash him yeah, she's like, you're the it. jock. You take care of it. She didn't think of that side of the no, plant. No, just hit him. Whatever you need to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> things, things I would have liked to see played into a little more. Maybe because we understand mental health a little bit better now than we did maybe in the '80s. But the actual effects of sleep exhaustion. I mean, they said that yeah. she hadn't slept in seven, seven days, seven days, and she looked like she had just been a little tired from you know staying up a few hours late. Yeah, she, I mean, you're fucked after seven she days was of no sleep. Not showcasing the like no. the extreme fatigue. No, if I recall, like I think three days no sleep, and you're in a complete hypnotic suggestible state. Totally. So there's there's room to dive into that way darker with a Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street movie, right? Like yeah. if you actually have stayed up, you're you're just completely loopy. Yeah, she like 
it feels like somewhat probably a product of the time, you yeah. know, not having the, the wherewithal to say like, this is what clinically actually does happen to people who suffer from chronic insomnia and stay up for, you know, spells of time. Yeah. Um, and, and to have like a group of teens doing it together, like just drinking insane amounts of coffee, like that yeah. can be, there's room to do some really fun stuff yeah. with that, I think. Yeah. But you know, as like you know, 84, mm-hmm. you just take that. Yeah. you like, people can be sleepy. You stay yeah. up for a long period of time. It gets worse and worse, but yeah, they could have probably in some of the sequels, we'll probably notice them like be a lot more insane as time goes about on that. and like yeah not know what you're looking at just like you, you were talking about actually before we got into this movie before we watched it about like dream logic and stuff mm-hmm. there'd be probably more in the sequels of as they get more and more cognizant of the actual effects of sleeplessness on the human body right and brain more cognizant of like making those characters like more and more paranoid and like seeing stuff in the real world that's not happening you know stuff like that yeah and maybe a lot more of... the lines between the dreams and the waking reality a lot more of that blurring probably where you think oh i'm awake right now and then some twist happens and you're like oh shit they've been in a dream this whole time which does happen a bit in this one they do it a bit they they really set up like what i've seen now in movies a trillion times is like you don't know they're asleep and something crazy happens yeah like that must have come from this like Mm -hmm. because it happens like a few times in this movie and it's so startlingly um i don't know abrupt like you're like Oh, someone's in a body bag all of a sudden. She's standing in the doorway. Yeah, no, that's she's not awake. That's not yeah. good. That's not good. That's not good. And that's yeah. that's what I love about watching this movie is that you know you're just waiting for it at any time. Yeah. You're like okay, I know she's gonna fall asleep at some point. You know. Yeah, and there's of course everyone who's supposed to be safeguarding her by being able to wake her up will be fucking that up by falling. See, that's I love that there. moment so much in that sequence where she's selling Johnny Depp to Glenn. When she's telling Glenn, like, stay awake and watch me. And then in her dream, she's like, Glenn, are you still awake? And Glenn, like, pops out of a bush almost comically. Be like, yep, I got you. And you're like, no, you, no, you don't. You're asleep. You're asleep, too. You're here in this dream thing. That was cool, too, because I didn't totally understand what was going on there. Because yeah. I'm like, well, she's going to ask him to wake her up. Yeah. That makes sense. And then she was at the prison. I'm like, oh, so she's just going to visit him, but she's awake. Yes. No, she's visiting him in, like, a, what happened there? Was she visiting him in a dream? Well, I, the way I interpret it is that um, she had, and I love that they didn't spoon feed that scene. There was a lot of points in this movie where they are spoon feeding you. There's yeah. like post-production ADR where they're saying, I guess I'm in a dream now. Like just, that wasn't a perfect, that wasn't, that didn't actually happen, but things yeah. like that. I remember, yeah, you made a comment. There's a few like, moments where it just. Uh, like, uh, I'm going to stop drinking. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They almost just, they give you way too much, but that scene, it was great. They didn't fully explain what they were doing, which allowed you as the audience to kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. But I, I picture like what I understood is she's fallen asleep and she said, John Depp, you stay awake. Glenn, you stay awake. And when I look like I'm in distress, they explain it after the fact, yeah, yeah. then wake me up. But when she's in the dream, she shouts out to him and he's there in the dream with her. So I took that as a hint that Wes Craven's placing that. Oh, she's screwed because he's, Glenn's actually asleep and in the dream too. He's asleep too. Okay. Yeah, they're both. Yeah, they're but both the problem, like what what makes what makes it hard to understand in my brain is because then she goes to the prison and she's watching the other guy yes fall asleep and get killed by freddy i guess mm-hmm. maybe they can sort of share the dreamscape i think the there's some sharing and like i know i've seen some sequels i can't remember which one but i think that plays a lot more in some of the sequels where multiples of them are, are in the, the same dream together okay, okay. Yeah, yeah and that, they can that like, fight freddy on that terrain completely answers what i'm asking right now. it could yeah if they share the dreams which makes total sense because there's one freddy right there's one freddy so perhaps the freddy is shared yeah this i think i think it's a little fluid with the the rules and the logic but i yeah. do think that they can that it is possible for two people to share the same dream then this is completely. another instance of certain scaredy cats who know the franchise well could explain but we'll I get think, there i think that's probably how it is i think yeah. we we can probably suppose our way into that yeah. being probably true there's and, a few things i noticed too in this one already where Wes craven is kind of making commentary on the genre like within this movie let's hear it so the idea of i mean it's such a trope where you're um, just a killer is approaching the house and the heroine or the ingenue just runs up the stairs and won't leave the house. Like the instinct isn't mm-hmm. to get out of the house. The instinct is to somehow go deeper into the house where they're, sure, yeah, they're run more up the danger. Stairs, yeah. 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 Find some shelter in the house instead of just getting out of there. Yeah. But one repeated thing in this movie is the parents lock the daughter in the house. They lock yeah. that front door from the inside so she can't leave. So that was like an interesting, yeah. okay, I'm going to set up the framework so that the main character can't even get out of the house if they wanted to. There's bars on the window. There's bars on the door. Yeah. You're locked in there. It's, and this is like 
to me it was a comment on the genre always locks the characters inside those houses and they can't leave Lock- if, even if they wanted to yeah it locks them into their own yeah. horrible scenario yeah or- Narr- narratively they're yeah. locked in and they can't get out <laughs> yeah dude you're absolutely yeah. right like um and, and uh another little offshoot of that is like when they try to give her the when she's in the sleep clinic and they try to give her the shot and she freaks out she's yeah like, no! that reminded me of uh, before i wake like where they drug the kid you know and because he totally. can't wake up like bad yeah shit. That was so good. The fact that like um, the act of sleeping, if you can avoid it, that's one of your ways to fight back. Mm-hmm. And so like drinking a co- cup of coffee is a very active, very definitive, like you're taking charge of the mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. That that was awesome to me. I really, really liked that. Even though it's obvious, it's like, yeah, of course, make them it's drink great. coffee. So she runs awake. downstairs and just have, have a coffee right ha, away. Yeah, have a bottle of pills in the medicine cabinet. Yeah. Like stay awake easy mm-hmm. with the letters or something. <laughs> I love I love the weird... Um, guilt of the mom too where she knows that okay this was a horrible person but there was also something wrong with the way that we reacted you know like i take her i interpret her alcoholism as a response to like a guilt response yeah as the fact that okay we burned this human being alive like we had to do it but she's drinking all the time yeah and she says like this like half drunk i feel like she says it drunkenly she goes like no don't worry honey mommy killed him yeah you're fine like, you're fine just go get a good night's sleep it's she says that with. so uncertainly like uncertainly i yeah. killed him so it's fine she says it with doubt as she's chugging vodka yeah like, oh my god and she's also embarrassed about the alcohol there's really nice staging where there's a scene in the kitchen with the two of them she and she's standing it. in front of the bottle and she doesn't want her daughter to see that she's yeah. still drinking she's both hiding the bottle and she's hiding the hat she said she yeah. got it. she threw yeah. it out no but i really love that i love that the parents are the ones who have to deal with it he's coming for their kids and that's the way that he's going yeah. to enact it's, his revenge it's cool like so you, it makes you wonder like um why did she hide and keep the like gauntlet that he used you know like why does she even still have that she had that and that's the thing she said she threw out the hat too but she kept it like potentially they have no no reason to believe that this guy is any more than a very physical manifest human being who's now dead yeah who committed atrocities but he's dead now why would know, you want to hold on to that thing? That there's something lingering about this horrible dude's personality that she holds on to it. She holds on to his hat. She can't get over the fact that he's already gone. Like she's drinking like crazy. I don't know if it's totally guilt. I think there's something lingering about this guy's existence. That his very evil presence yeah. is somehow infecting. And that's part of the whole. Like, yeah, it seems like the mother, like in some situations, it seems like she's also walking around with this paranoia. She's like very, very ready. Like when her daughter's screaming and falling asleep mm-hmm. and stuff, she's always there. It seems like right. she knows she's concerned. Almost. Yeah, yeah. It's like-, it's like if it, if it was truly, clo- if it would have been like, if it would have really served as closure to burn this person alive, then there wouldn't still be that need for alcoholism, yeah. that need to hold on to these objects. Yeah. But and there's also the fact that this mom in particular and that this daughter in particular are being pursued makes me think that maybe there's even more backstory about maybe this mom was the ringleader of sorts to be like, we can do this. Let's go kill him. Let's go after him. He killed all these kids. This is wrong. Yeah. Like there's interesting questions looming in the background about why Freddie's choosing this group of kids yeah, in particular. You, you wonder, cause they said me and a bunch of other parents, you wonder if like, you wonder about those other kids, How and the, other yeah. parents, like, there must have been something specifically about mm-hmm. either the yeah the, the yeah. main mother as like being the ringleader and she's the only one, but everyone else is a periphery character who's getting killed off in yeah. the process. And how like how much is the dad involved in this as well? Is the mom doing this with a group of parents outside of the dad? Because the mom and dad, they don't seem to be on the same page. At least when like the mom is explaining things to the daughter, the dad isn't present. The dad never brings up anything about Freddie's background and yeah. killing him as a group of parents. Yeah, that he didn't even when she says like it's Freddy Krueger or like yeah. Fred Krueger or something, like the dad hears that name, he doesn't seem to like really react in yeah. particular. Not like the mother. Yeah. No, no. No, no, he's no. dead. Like But it's it's just it's such a great setup. I mean, even the guy in his cell who's kind of being hung by Freddy oh, and successfully man. killed or whatever. That's so great because that was so Freddy good. Freddy like cleans up after his tracks, you know? Yeah. Like he can kill people in a way that it can be excused otherwise. There's other reasons for it. I think yeah. less convincing so in the case of Glenn, when you have this bed that has a hole in it and blood splurting up on the ceiling, which yeah. is beautiful. I talk about that. Right? I mean, so there's two situations where, like, they just completely inverted the set and had someone on the ceiling 
floor kind of that's know I mean? that, that's exactly how i think they did it is i think 100%. they built a little mini set or the same set upside down and then just shot water down so it's shooting across yeah. flip it it looks amazing yeah it's exactly what they did you can you can see it. and they did it twice so they probably used that room like they probably had that room like a floor with nothing on it so they had a light fixture in the bottom and they just used it twice yes i think maybe i i get the impression too that it might be rotating like it could be something that they could shift around because the scene when the when Tina is on the wall and then travels like along the wall on the ceiling where what's his face is just watching and he is specifically like right beside the lens so it's just kind of the side of his head so if they were flipping it and if she is upside down and on and just moving along on the ceiling he could potentially be just like holding on to some things and hanging upside down himself you know yeah the the way that he doesn't move specifically makes it seem to me like it's it they've superimposed her her shot in or superimposed his shot in and that yeah was upside down whichever way they did it it seems more that way because like Mm -hmm. you know if you were gonna like specifically have I, I, they, I don't know. They could move more dynamically if it was two yeah. characters. That's why I think he was like the easiest vari- variable because he's just in the corner of the shot looking at her. So I think he's the easiest one to throw on top I at wonder. the end. Yeah, but the, the, hmm, it's, it's really confusing because they do have two shots where they clearly had to have an upside down room, right? Yeah. There's two shots. Her so shot and then her. So in two separate rooms. So you wonder how they would have done that. Did they have one rotating room? Or did they have? I I'm gonna. I don't think it was rotating. I think that I think that they they had one that was just flipped upside down. Yeah, that's and what not I think. the room flip. They just like you know pinned the bed to the thing and she's on there. But I, then with even that being said, because there is for a lot of that scene, she's just on the ceiling and on the side of the wall. But there are some moments in that scene where she's kind of being flailed through the air, and that's where the real magic I think she, comes in. She gets like kind of dragged up the wall. Like if you if you watch really closely, because I was she she does get dragged up the wall. She's but mostly at, at first but, she's floating. Like she's in. At one point, she's kind of floating and spinning a little bit. Yeah. And that's little, the real magic. Oh, man. I, I think I need to watch that again because yeah. I want to. So these last five minutes have just been like technical so analysis of a... how the fuck did they do it? And I'm so <laughs> still to, I'm so curious. Like it looked so um, it did it not look like great. It looked so great. Oh, and I mean, those are just two moments of like there's so many other sequences were so great. And a lot of them were yeah. probably even easier to shoot, but just as effective. Like when she goes yeah. out of the classroom in the trail of blood, the body bag. Yeah. Kind of being dragged by nothing down the hallway. That was There's great. That one, um, her in the tub, the where tub she's sequence in the tub. Like, clearly. doesn't that bring to mind Get Out, the yes, sunken place, yeah. right? When yeah, she's yeah. getting pulled down and she's trying to reach for yeah. the. And it, it starts though with his like hand coming yeah. out of the bath between like her legs. Like that was a just a horrendously amazing shot. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's so simple but so effective. Yeah, and then so like that's a shot with like a bottomless tub that they can use, like of her like you know, up to her shoulders and her head is above and she's like, help me. Like that. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and then there's another one. Um, I mean that the, the whole uh, tub sequence, they just did just in a normal tub. Like they've, I've, I've even seen the shot. There's one of there's a famous behind the scenes shot where you can see just the, the Freddy Krueger actor just in the tub with her, just like holding the hand. Like that's nothing. The real effects is when, and then they're just cutting back and I mean, forth between yeah, her flailing when she's flailing. And then when she's underwater, that's like a, tricky shot that's the second set with like a, a pool or something with like restrained light perhaps i th- i feel like it's just like i don't think there's a deep tub at any point i think if, they use a shallow tub effectively and have like a some kind of a pool that she's reaching up to with a light on top yeah yeah probably yeah. But like cutting out like cutting a hole in the middle of a tub like dropping that basin down so somebody could just be standing in it and mm-hmm. their like shoulders are like at like you know tub that's perfect yeah yeah that's what it looked like to me but that's probably you're right you're, there's probably a separate pool yeah, and it makes me. And I mean, um, I'm just the, thinking, like this is like you know, low, how you do this for the cheapest thing possible, like get that effect and. Well, make well but they cut. A hole, that's what I'm thinking. They might have cut a hole in the tub because they cut holes in the stairs so she could walk up and have her feet sinking that's, into it. That's so wonderful. I love that gluey. God damn, that was so going up. Good. She's being slowed down. It's like gluey goo carpet of the you know the yeah. surface of the stairs that she's sinking into because in the nightmare announcer world there's like all physical yeah. objects can be manipulated yeah. well that's what okay so they cut holes in the stairs we'll say and they put goo and she's stepping in those they cut a hole in the wall and put like a sheet over it so that he could press his face and hands yeah so what i was thinking about that technically Let's was it. it was just they would it was the same like it was an open wall it wasn't actually a wall with like and, spandex like uh well yeah it was i think it was open and there was the bed and then they would replace for some shots they'd have a physical wall yeah that 
yeah, then they'd yeah. move the panel out of the way and they'd have like a sheet that uh, he could kind of reach yeah, through. Like spandex kind of, yeah. Because it was never the same. And that's how they really, I was watching very closely. It was never the same. It was never, he would retreat from the spandex and then she would like knock on the wall. Yeah, I know. That's, they'd cut the shot. That You saw the cut? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. I was, well, of course. I guess it must have been uh-huh. in there, but I didn't see if, it. I mean, if it was made now, then they wouldn't cut the shot. They would do it seamlessly to to um, make it even more believable. Yeah. But then it's 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 super effective. But they, they do yeah. cut the shot to make it easier. Okay. Yeah. Because I was going to say, it seemed like both of the, in the bathtub one where his hand is coming up and then she, like, the knock on the door. Hey, are you okay? The hand, like, goes back down into yeah. the water rather than a cut. Uh-huh. You know, and it's not there anymore. That's smooth and easy. Yeah. It comes back. It goes back into the water. Like it was. It's a physical thing that's there, whether she's awake or, mm-hmm. or not. That's easier than a wall. Yeah. yeah. And then the wall. I, I figured it was. But yeah, that's the, a, the hard thing. And I think it's, it makes it easier too if you light it low. Like it was mm-hmm. very dark shot. So that well, way you can was, find a paint colored panel that looks the same it, as a sheet. It was lit low, but the light that they did have coming into the scene was like directly where the. Um, the the face and hands that were pushing out of this wall were gonna like come into go to so right? it got lit as he was pushing forward. as it became three-dimensional yeah it became lit as well which is like but then flipping back it's the exact same yeah. when it's the flat wall yeah that's so great God, so good the hardest is just the hardest part of that would be just to make sure that the the wall pane would be the identical color and look exactly the same as the spandex and you're right it, it's low light to make that happen. to help it out yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the most like we've ever been like this technical is how it works. <laughs> yeah. I know because like we that's lo- what it makes me think yeah. about. Like this really this movie makes you curious about yeah. all the technical aspects it's for very, sure. It's just so effective. Like you know, uh, you're watching a movie from '84, so like there are these scenes where mm-hmm. you know it looks it should look a little silly, but this is such a convincing movie and everything looks so fucking good. And I mean, because we're watching the Blu-ray, which has very likely been highly remastered, sure. I'm I'm curious yeah, yeah, to watch yeah, yeah. the original print <laughs> yeah. and see if these things stand out a little bit you can, more you can kind of see it in like the super, the light red blood almost uh, hmm. i don't know if that's a thing but it feels like blood is this dark red syrupy sort of like tech tech consistency and color but like in dave stoneborough blood yeah, resident blood expert in movies in older movies i feel like blood it's like a much broader red yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's water yeah it's just a liquid rather than a syrupy that's very true but like even in Suspiria, yeah. like the blood in that is closer to pink like, mm-hmm. uh, like a neon red rather than this deep blood red you know what no I mean? absolutely and, and i saw that a little bit in here so i'm sure yeah if you take away mm-hmm. some of the mastering it's gotta look yeah. a little more like an 80s movie but even like it's just so effective to see to not see freddie in the real world like those are some of my favorite moments when you walk in on someone who is having a nightmare and like you're watching their chest yeah. being ripped open you're just and then you're when seeing tina the blood died. pour down that was amazing tina's death is and incredible that tina's death was incredible because like she's getting blood all over the wall and the ceiling she was crawling on and the bed got like and by the end of it it was a horrible mess it was a disaster over all the walls. Zone. yeah, yeah. it's so satisfying i yeah. love it i oh, love that moment so that much might have been the best kill in the movie yeah i think it was i think it definitely was yeah she's screaming and trying to survive because yeah it. the johnny depp has an insane amount of blood and it's cool to watch it travel across the ceiling like that but hers is just like just just watching her get destroyed like thrown body thrown against the wall blood smearing everywhere slowly the onlooking boyfriend well yeah that's we got that image from like the awake real world while she was getting killed by freddy in her dreams yeah that's what made it so effective is that we switched especially and we're not watching freddy beat her up we're watching this body being thrown around yeah and then theoretically in her dream freddy's beating her up absolutely oh god and I, I love how freddy's little fuck you in the dreams too when he just hurts himself he's like hey, check this yeah, out he chops slices off his finger fingers. he's got leprechaun squirt green leprechaun spurt he he, he cuts he open chops his, chest. his own chest there's like blood maggots and green yeah uh, green blood and maggoty worms just crawling out crawling. He, he, he loves, loves doing it. that he's like hey, he's like, check this out crazy motherfucker because he's like showing you hey by the way before i start chasing you watch this you can't hurt me in here yeah. this is my terrain baby he's a truly insane like almost like a beetlejuice character sadistic yeah. and He's, he's unbeatable Un- unless you simply just decide he's not real and don't give him the energy quote unquote and then yeah. then he can fly through you in weird blue effect i wonder about it's very that. unsatisfying yeah it was that was shitty i wonder if that was uh she he actually got her in that moment and you know i know it's 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 such a weird little quick ending yeah I know. so he did get her mom though in that moment i don't know it doesn't no because then right after the mom like everyone's back everyone's back so i think that means because we know for a fact that tina is not alive mm-hmm. you know or or yeah or is it a freddy fake out where he's like i'll make her think that she got away and then do yeah. the car thing and then get them all and be like you're all still down here rah rah i wonder if like 
maybe it worked like maybe like she was right like you you don't have the power to get me because i'm not going to give you any more power like by fear or whatever but he did get everyone else right like that did happen and what we saw in that final sequence was her having a dream about everyone who died and freddie was getting her yeah that could or or freddie wasn't getting her and this was just an irrelevant dream like there there are different potential explanations but we're not we're not given we're not given what happens we're just left wondering we do know that there are several sequels so we do know there's still freddie we do and i do think that the lead is in the sequel as well as new nightmare you yeah, are you I think sure when about I was that? on her IMDb page earlier, she's also in the second, the very next one, as like an alive person who's also trying to survive Freddy. Or I don't know. Okay, I don't know. We'll have to watch it very soon because I want to watch. I mean, this happens with every franchise we I watch. This is such a mistake. <laughs> oh my god! Because <laughs> this this whole year is a year of watching the first installment of several series. Yeah. So I mean, after we watch everyone, Alien, Leprechaun, yeah. this one, I just want to watch the rest of them. Yeah, but go watch. Have... Go hop on Netflix and watch the first episode of a bunch of shows that are like really highly rated. Then you'll know what our experience is yeah, like. It sucks. <laughs> it's hard. And but, then you can watch episode two a year later. But I always feel like the one we most recently watched is the one I'm definitely going to go back and watch. The number one for me right now is Alien. Nothing is. I, I Alien. also feel pressure for Alien because Alien Covenant is coming out in two weeks. For me, it's curiosity. Yeah. Yep. Yep. For me, it's prep for that sequel. I want to because I, I want to watch Alien Covenant right away. I love this franchise, but I want to have as much knowledge fresh in my head of the previous ones. Yeah, we should. Um... I don't know how to connect it to this, but like there's a game, Alien Isolation, and it's like apparently one of the scariest. Is that what I sent you the screen cap from where it just shows the alien down the... Oh, yeah. My friend was talking about this, actually. I believe so. He was talking about this and he said it's like it's such an it's such a game of hiding. Yes, because you're running. Basically, it's trying not to get caught by the xenomorph. If the xenomorph sees you, then you're toast. And it's so scary. I've like seen a lot of gameplay. I desperately want to play it. I hear it's like unbelievably good here's one thing i thought about xenomorphs and species having just recently watched the first one and none of the other ones um the because we were talking specifically in our episode about how in prometheus it's like a different kind of species that emerges when that thing goes on the face or whatever remember yeah the face hugger uh of yeah. like the the big huge yeah the face hugger it's a different face hugger that produces a that that weird looking xenomorph yeah you right? sent me the like the little infographic the chart thing yeah, yeah. But it made me wonder if the xenomorph in the first alien is the first of that kind, because that's maybe the first time that that specific spawn face hugger hugs a human and gives birth to it out through the chest. Like maybe that's the first xenomorph that exists in the I, first alien. I think I think that's right. I think what you're saying is correct. Right. It's I can't say that for totally 100 percent sure. I know, but yeah, I'm I I do want to go back to Alien, but <laughs> honestly, after watching this one, and I do get this feeling after we watch the first installment of any franchise, but I really do want to go watch all these other nightmares. Yeah, like I, ASAP. I feel like I want to watch all the Alien movies. I want to get to Back to the Hood in Leprechaun. Oh, I want to know why he goes back. I know. <laughs> I'll, I've just I've seen some gifts of him hitting a bong, and I just want. <laughs> I just so badly want to get to that, but I won't. I won't let myself just watch to the hood. We need to go to Vegas first. We need to go to space. No, we'll follow. We'll do it in its progression. Same with Alien. Same with Nightmare. Leprechaun Two is his one thousandth birthday for some reason. Of course. Leprechaun Three, he goes to Vegas. Amazing. Leprechaun Four, oh space, God. and then we get Hood back to the hood. This is like a perfect camp horror franchise. Like, look at those installments. They're amazing. I know. I can just see in my head. I'm like. In Vegas, coins fall out of a slot when you win on the slot machine. That's perfect for Leprechaun and his coin. Like, that's... God damn it. I hate how good that sounds. Yeah. Um. All right. Maybe we'll go to some Instagram comments. Instagram comments. So, on our final Girls episode, Adam underscore LaFleur said, Amazing horror comedy. And we agree. We laughed our fucking asses off yeah, watching um, that movie. It, like, it also connects to, like, the top of this episode where we were talking about, like... You know, we were talking about Friday the 13th and Halloween and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like... Um, Billy in that is just Jason. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and they're going, they're at a camp. Like that movie is, yeah, it's taken on slashes as a whole, but Friday the 13th is its biggest yeah. uh, one that it's emulating. Yeah. It's Friday. The 13th. It's a summer camp. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. Or I guess uh, sleepaway camp camp comes out after Friday the 13th. I think there's a bunch of those sleepaway camp movies as well. And I think it's a similar. Yeah. But it's yeah. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th for sure. But yeah. No. Um, yeah. But yeah, we agree with you, Adam. Um, 100%. It's we, a great horror comedy. I, I think that might be our biggest. Like, we laughed a lot of Leprechaun, too. But when Tina took 30 Adderall and had oh to strip dance to get Billy God. to come in, I think that's yeah. the hardest we've laughed together. Like, we were falling off. The I couch. think that was the one I found funniest yeah. so far. It's yeah. insane. And kudos to that performance because yeah. that's amazing. Oh, my God. Her dance. I just want to throw that scene Just on that scene. Alone. Yeah. We just may. 
Um, and uh, we also have an Instagram comment on the brood from Miss J Randall. Um, gonna have to listen to this. Uh, yes, you absolutely are, man. The brood. Check it out. Wow, that you're gonna have to listen. Not only that, you're gonna have to watch it. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen the brood, throw that on. It's gonna inspire in you the exact same like want to know about Cronenberg that it's put in me. Yesterday, I almost took a picture of something and sent it to you, and then I felt too dumb about it, so I stopped. I walked by an oak tree and it had like a knot that was cut off and the knot of the oak tree looked identical to the sack attached to the woman's stomach in the brood. Oh, <laughs> so I looked at it for a split second. I'm like, that's the sack from the brood. And I'm like, no, I can't send, I can't send this picture. Do you think I would have not noticed that? Maybe I'm going to, maybe I'll show It's just down the road. Well, maybe we we'll should... go scroll by <laughs> and look at this because that, that sack looked identical to it. We're going to go look at a tree because it looks like a thing from yeah. a movie. But no, a lot of people are listening <laughs> to the brood episode. So we're getting rewarded yeah. with listens. You're um, totally right. You were yeah. totally right to go back. And that was a great choice because I feel like we were hovering between a couple movies at that point. We were hovering between because we wanted to do a Cronenberg one yeah. while we were still in the early 20s. Yes. And, and I tried to switch it to scanners and you're like, nah. Scanners is super boring for a lot of it. There's an amazing moments and sequences like yeah. the head exploding. Is that that's what's so exciting about scanners? You want to see people's head blow up when another person merely wills it. Yeah, that is exactly what I think about when I think of scanners. But yeah. no, you're totally right. And we watched the brood, and like Instagram has been like reflecting your. They have. I think yeah, yeah. more people listen to our brood episode than Get Out, which kind of is shocking to me. That well, I mean the. It shows time, it shows, time trudges yeah. forward, you know, and like a movie's made and mm-hmm. sure it's got it's got everything it's got in the moment. But what happens after, you know, almost 40 years? I think a lot more people will listen to the Get Out one once it's on uh, VOD as well. Once it's more available. Uh, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure that'll happen. Whereas a lot of but Instagram horror what about, connoisseurs what? know the brood and they're like, oh, great. Yeah. Like, I think another yeah. comment on there is like, oh, wow, you guys went you back. Guys going way you guys are going way back. Yeah, That's it. Yeah. I remember that comment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. But like, will people be like talking about Get Out in like 36 years? I think I think Get Out is going to linger around. It'll linger. I do think it's going to stick around. Yeah, it'll be a definitive like punctuating like this is the time. Exactly. It's that. so it's so significant given our time. I think that this is going to be one of the horror ones of 2017 you that really lasts. Yeah, it'll stand. I do. Okay. I completely do. Well, anyway, thanks, uh, Miss J Randall and uh, Adam Lafleur um, for commenting on Instagram. Uh, Scaredy cats, please hop on Instagram and let let us know what you think uh, of movies you want us to talk about, mistakes that we've made, um, and uh, how good we look. Um, yeah, too. and go give us a like on Facebook. We don't have as much love on Facebook. Instagram is clearly where our home is, and that we are an Instagram yeah. horror podcast. Yeah, but we we would appreciate getting those likes up. Yeah, guys, on the old Facey book. Spread the love around. Tell your friends. Uh, watch some horror movies. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening. I have been David Stoneborough. I have been Chris Vandenberg, and this is the Text Chris Dave Saw Massacre. And as always, chaos reigns. Chaos reigns. Chaos reigns, chaos reigns. Johnny Depp exploded. Chaos reigns. See you next time, scaredy cats. Scaredy guys. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he just exploded. <laughs> so yeah, that's the best we got there. We always do.